Well, hi, everybody. It's Kim Winter here from Logistics Executive Group again, and welcome to our uh, today's session on interviews with uh, supply chain and business leaders around the world. I'm uh, absolutely honoured today to have uh, two of Europe's uh, senior logistics and supply chain consultants uh, all the way from Cologne. Uh, we have Thomas Kisner and Bernard Bruchtoffer. Hey, guys, how are you going? Hi, very good. Thanks for having us. Good job. Hey, uh, hey, Bernard, you're doing well? You're both together in the same office today. Yeah, same office to see the picture, you know, great weather outside. So just <laughs> perfect. <laughs> so uh, what appears to be a nice day, uh, you're in, in the middle of a snowstorm and a bit of a lockdown. <laughs> What's happening there? Yes, we really had a snowstorm uh, two weeks ago. And uh, especially to the, the truck driver, that was really something really difficult. But today the sun is shining. So we, we, we survived so far. Awesome. Hey, so uh, as, as I mentioned at the, at the top, uh, you're two of Europe's most senior uh, supply chain logistics consultants. You, uh, your company, Bricklog, is based in Cologne, but you cover uh, all of Germany and right throughout Europe. You have uh, influence and customers and further afield, of course, and it's our pleasure to uh, to link up with you in various parts of the world on various projects. But you've, uh, you've both got a very senior um, experience between the two of you corporately and all the big names, most of the big names in Europe, in fact, and logistics and supply chain over the last how many years including the Schenkers of the world, Kuna Nagel, DHL, Dasha, Lep, Agility, Union Air Transport, and, uh, and others. So uh, it's quite a, quite a deep and rich experience that you've had and senior roles in all those organisations. So really looking to forward today to have a bit of a chat and share with our audience what's going on in Europe, some of the most uh, salient issues that are affecting Europe and what's happening in the supply chain and, and various other things, including what's happening with consumers in Europe with their major differences between what's happening in the EU, a little bit about Brexit maybe or maybe not. We'll see what you want to talk about. But uh, first of all, uh, with all of our guests, I really want to hear from both of you, maybe uh, first of all yourself, uh, Bernard, um, about where, where you came from. What was your upbringing uh, and then... Uh, yourself as well, Thomas. Where was the background? Where was the family upbringing? What were your influences when you were young? Okay, just uh, just briefly, made an apprenticeship in freight forwarding after that four years Navy services during the Cold War. Very interesting. I've been a radio operator. It was a very interesting time. After that, uh, I get got back into freight forwarding. Uh, specialized in project forwarding. I've been working in Libya for three years, working on big projects for companies called like Manusman and Babcock. Uh, we did the big pipeline project, Miserata Steel, that was a very big uh, steel factory being built. After that came coming back to Germany, I've been always a traveler, working in sales, uh, Went to the United States, been um, in the uh, air and ocean freight sales role as a regional. Uh, came back to Germany, working for Union Air Transport, being in charge for um, uh, all uh, Southeast Asia, Australia, New Zealand, the complete APEC region, working with agents, doing all these things. And uh, after a while, I said, okay, you've been working for the biggest 
a long time. So I started my own business and went directly into recruiting, doing a headhunting company. So since then, and it's almost 25 years ago, I'm, I'm a headhunter with my heart, but I'm still in logistics and freight forward, forwarding. What I like is talking to various people, doing different jobs and getting their careers to move. That's what I'm doing right now. And I right. think uh, Thomas had some different experiences. Great. Yeah, Thomas, what about your, what about your early days, Thomas, when you were a kid? When I was a kid, okay, I played soccer the the whole day. So being being into uh, being in the <laughs> yeah in the forefront and trying to make some goals, which is more or less the same what I do today. Um, and I came to the forwarding industry by 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 an accident, accidentally more or less, because uh, I haven't had any idea what is going on in logistics and how the refrigerator was was filled. So I made my apprenticeship with. Uh, uh, D.B. Schenker, it was uh, one of the, the greatest uh, uh, times of my life because I, I have learned everything, everything. When I'm talking about trucks, I'm talking about warehouses, I'm talking about uh, railroad, and you uh, can imagine overland, uh, air freight, ocean freight, the fair events even, that was really, really something which, uh, yeah, that was the most interesting time. And over that, I made my studies in economics and marketing, and then I was uh, in the logistics industry uh, for so many years. I went over to to to, to other companies and other uh, responsibilities. And what we say is whether it's flying or swimming or driving or whatsoever, I was uh, in charge for so many things. And it's, uh, yeah, I mean, when you're working with, uh, after Schenkers, with uh, Kuno Nagel, with DHL, former dancers in various roles, uh, I've been... Uh, in Canada, I've been in, in the U.S. because uh, the nice thing in the forwarding industry, it's global. You can live and work everywhere, almost everywhere. So I went to projects uh, all over the world, uh, whether it was contract logistics or air and ocean freight. Uh, and then when I when I had my uh, my last uh, um, position with Induxa as uh, part of the global board in, in the air freight and uh, sea freight logistics, I've been responsible for so many uh, entrepreneurial things because DAX is a very entrepreneurial company. So that was, uh, again, another milestone in my career. And then uh, I met people from Kuno Nagel. And that is what, what uh, that was. I don't know whether it was by mistake or it was just happening. So we asked ourselves, what can we do uh, better? Uh, because uh, we would like to make... Um, we add some value to the logistics industry and we we founded the company together with my colleagues from Kulunagel in the Netherlands. We do have, uh, with my friends, uh, a Bricklock BV in the Netherlands as well, in beautiful Appledorn. So we started with uh, some family-run companies and asked them, today you would say probably it was a design thinking uh, process, how do you like our idea? And uh, the idea was proved, and then we started our business. Awesome. And then another accident, probably, because it was never planned that we will uh, step into the um, people's business, which means uh, ex executive search and headhunting. But um, 
maybe I'm a natural born uh, headhunter. I don't know. But, you know, you need to be good in sales. You need to be good uh, with people. And that is something what I, what I wear. I like it very much. So, and then I met Bernard. <laughs> I was a customer of him during my time when I was in Kununage. So that is uh, something which is just happening and is what, what never planned. But uh, I think it's um, a very nice story that uh, if you know people, I mean, relationship and uh, the people's business in the forwarding industry is everything. So that was the basis, uh, the basics for our um, new partnership here in, in Germany. And uh, now Bernard, he is the the silverback in, in executive search. And I'm very happy to have him on my side <laughs> because I always love, love to learn and uh, I learn a lot from him. Very good. So, so what I'm interested in uh, before I go any further is, is this thing about Germany and logistics companies. I mean, yes. some of the biggest logistics companies globally are yes. German and of course Northern Europe in particular, but, but particularly Germany. What is it about Germany and, and, its, and its huge logistics companies and, and why have they done so well? Yeah, I mean, we, 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 uh, we, we know or what we, what we see is that we are the world champions in logistics that comes to the, to the, <laughs> the figures, of course. I mean, we have so much, uh, we are very expert-oriented uh, 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 economy and um, yeah, it's, it, that's really a good question, Kim. Uh, why do we have all these giants? I mean, we have DHL coming out of the Deutsche Post. We have, uh, we have Kühnnagel, which is, a, yes, it's a German-based company, but they are now uh, in, in, in Switzerland, but it's a true uh, old German company. We have DB Schenker. I mean, these are world-leading companies. Um, it must have, uh, there, there is a relationship between the economy and that we have been export uh, things so well for for decades. So I don't know. And we and you know the logisticians they are they are good in in organization planning. I don't know whether this is still the case because we do have some challenges in Germany right now. But this maybe this is another story when we when we talk about the vaccine distribution. Yeah. Oh <laughs> well, we'll we'll talk about vaccine a little bit later on in terms right. of what's going on in the market. But, but right. I guess just listening to you, what I was I was watching something on LinkedIn the other day that one of these moving graphs said, you know, which companies in the world export the most. And it may have only been two or three days ago. And I think Germany's, well, I don't know, no, no lower down the channel than four or five globally in terms of, you know, after China and the US and, and a yes. couple of other countries. Uh, Germany could even be third or fourth. I guess, you know, rhetorically, one of the issues has been if you're exporting that many, particularly motor cars in your case, yes. Germany, some of the best cars in the world come out of Germany, of course. I suppose there's, got, there's always had to be very good freight companies to, to manage those exports and all yep. of the above. So yes. I don't know. Well, maybe you can do some research and, and when we talk again, uh, maybe later in the year, you can tell me what the research tells you as to why so many German companies are so successful. Um I want to I want to switch over to the modelling of your business just just very quickly. I mean, you're one of the only companies in the world that I've come across that have the model that you do, being consultants to tier one companies around the world, particularly in Europe, uh, from a supply chain consulting and logistics consulting perspective, uh, but also the headhunting side of things. How, how's that model? Uh, has it always been like that for Bricklog? 
and uh, how does that model work? Not at all, uh, Kim. That was really something. It happened uh, uh, not overnight, but it happened. Uh, we we start uh, with the let's say the process consulting for companies, whether it's uh, a family-run business or even a bigger bigger uh, company. When it comes to the processes in air freight, ocean freight, or trucking, of course, uh, and a few uh, contract logistics challenges, and um, we. There was a guy, uh, he owns a company, a forwarding company. It was his company, by the way. And he, what what was his story? He told me, Thomas, I would like to go and do a sailing tour globally. He was 72 something. And he would like to get rid of the, the daily business. So he was looking for a new, for a successor, for a managing director of his company. And uh, he asked me whether I would be able to help him to, to fill the position for that company, just to to release him out of his daily duties to go sailing with his boat around the world. <laughs> said, okay. Uh, so when do you need this guy? It was January. He said, okay, at least by 1st of August, because my boat is leaving by the 1st of September. Okay. Then I said, challenge accepted. So And, and then it started. So it was, again, more or less occasionally, and we, we have been able to fill that position, and the guy is still there, and the, 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 the guy is still happy. So that was the, the kickstart to, um, to help our customers as well when it comes to these critical positions on sea level. Yeah. And uh, that was uh, something I, I, I think maybe, as I said before, uh, that was something that has to do with my personal belief because I, I like to work with people, I like to develop things with people. And this was kind of a development challenge for that company as well. So that is something we said, okay, that might be of interest for other customers as well. And this is then uh, over the years, uh, uh, one of the biggest pillar in our company. We have these three pillars, people, processes, and digitization. So you, and, and now we have this, uh, that's the idea of a small ecosystem where one, uh, you cannot do digitization without people, you cannot do uh, processes without the people. So we said, okay, this is uh, the, the cycle. That is what our customers need. They need the right people, they need the right processes, and why not doing it all together? And that's, that, that's the perfect combination together with, uh, with Bernard and our colleagues uh, in, in the Netherlands. They are very well uh, process-driven. We are very well uh, uh, people-driven. So that is, that is our um, offering. And that is really something I don't, don't not see that uh, very often in the market. Right. Yeah, good. Well, thanks for the history on that. Hey, Bernard, I want to attack you for, on, on a subject. Um, I, w- I really want to understand a little bit more and help our, our audience to understand uh, what real effect is, is being felt about the Brexit situation? I mean, you know, it's a big political issue. Um, I, I, you know, frankly, I've heard so much about it over the last three years, so almost tiresome of it. But being in Germany, the strongest economy in Europe, um, what, what real effect? Is it having any real effect that the, the, the Brits are doing their own thing or is it a major issue in, in Germany or you're not noticing it? Uh, we're not noticing that much, but <laughs> to make a long story short, I like it, you know. The people don't feel it here, but they will in future. Yeah. Because um, uh, if you go on the street, the people are not talking about Brexit. 
Mm. Uh, what, what are they talking about? They're talking about day-to-day business, day-to-day life in the pandemic. It's a day-to-day thing that people are not thinking long-term this, these days. So the thing with Brexit is uh, I just feel poor for the people on the street. I mean, the truck drivers, the operators, uh, they have been rolled over with rules which they didn't understand in the first instance. Companies are workloaded with application forms. What do I have to do here? Mm-hmm. And the driver is sitting in his truck and does really don't know what's going on. So now, now uh, the congestion is gone. No? It's still going, but the pandemic is doing the the other thing on top of it. You know, I feel yeah. sorry for the people in the UK and in Ireland, in Ireland especially there. You know, you know they they they, they are talking about uh, uh, other things now. What's well, happening yeah. with the Brexit? You know, uh, you see what's happening in Scotland. You know, they are they are Europeans, um, and they and they bailed they bailed out of it. I mean, yeah. yeah. And you see, and I put it back into my business, which is head hunting. You know, a lot of English headhunters are floating here in Germany over the market and trying to implement their services. Yeah. Uh, People getting uh, phone calls every day from headhunters from from really? from the UK, yeah, you know, especially here uh, these days. Okay. You know, and so. that, and that's to try and bring talent from Europe into the UK, or are they just trying to do business in tr- inside of Europe from the UK. They're doing business in the UK. Let's say if a German company is looking for a manager. Uh, not from the UK, but the uh, rolling into the German market. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's uh, uh, if I'm looking for for a, a manager in in the UK, I speak with an agent I have there. Okay. Mm-hmm. And not doing this myself. That's what they're doing right now. It's uh, not a good situation. Yeah. Right. Uh, competition is getting bigger. Um, I mean, that is why why I joined Bricklock is to bring the idea of and now is my point freight forwarding logistics. You have agents, you have own companies worldwide, and this what I, is what I want to bring in the headhunting services, working mm-hmm. with agents, having partners, thinking globally, not only thinking globally but practicing it. That's yep. the thing, and that's mm-hmm. what we're doing right now. Excellent. Well, thanks. Thanks for that insight. It's good to have that explanation and understand what's going on on the ground. Let's talk about uh, a little bit about what the big. We've had a, a t- everybody's had a tough year. You know, a lot of companies have really struggled. A lot of the co- other companies, e-commerce, for example, responding to changing consumer behaviour, have uh, had huge benefit. Um, we've seen a lot of the tech companies, of course, e-commerce companies or companies in that side of the economy really booming. Um, talk to us a little bit about, if you will, uh, Thomas, uh, first of all, uh, about what the major trends are right now going going on in the supply chain in, in Europe, what what's happening? What are you seeing happening in the in the near future? 
Okay, so what we feel right now and what we see is uh, that is what we learn from, from our customers because we do not only talk to our customers, which are um, more than 80% logistics service providers. Of course, we do have other contacts in the industry, uh, but um, the logistics service providers, what they are uh, giving us as uh, a feedback is that, they, of course, supply chains are uh, looking to be not so solid anymore. They are... We do have these uh, problems with, uh, we call it, of course, disruptions. Uh, we just had a discussion this morning uh, where, where a, that is something you can tell probably later on because things are getting more costier because, it might, because the sea freight rates are very, very high right now or since, uh, let's say, two months ago. Um, there are more than four times or five five times higher than... Uh, yeah, we've seen that in the media. That yeah. was really something really um, difficult for, especially for, for the forwarders. Um, and I would, do not want to blame any any carrier right now, but this is something uh, that's in the media every day. Uh, of course, when it comes to e-commerce and the medical supplies, the, the, these guys are doing very well and the fast-moving consumer goods uh, as well. And they are looking for um, uh, for 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 new uh, how to say systems or even I mean the the Amazon effect. So mm -hmm. what what we're seeing is so the Amazon means from the from the business to to customer is influencing the business to business uh, uh, every day even more. And that's what we see, especially with our uh, mid-sized companies, that they need to to follow. Uh, that uh, trend in order to to and on to have the omni-channel uh, as well to bring this uh, to the people working in that company because the customers are very demanding when we talk about transit time, when we're talking about uh, customer experience. So a lot of these companies are not well positioned right now. I mean, the customer is expecting, as I said, a shorter transit time, a much better service. You They would like to have a feedback uh, directly and uh, they do not want to dial in and, and being in, in a queue that somebody is uh, answering their questions. So that is something they need to be much better now. So what a lot is, of, so, sorry, yeah. so, so a lot of pressures uh, from different angles and disruptions across the supply chain. Uh, yes. Uh, Bernard, I've seen you, you're making a bit of noise on LinkedIn recently about carriers. Uh, do you want to make any comment, comment about that, about what are the influences that are taking place there at the moment? Well, the influence, uh, it's, uh, it's just a feeling. They just want to get the money back they have lost in the past years. <laughs> That's my personal <laughs> feeling. Okay. So if you're talking about the supply chain, and a very interesting story. Um I'm riding bicycle and I have, I'm, a, I'm in a bicycle group. And one wrote yesterday, I don't get spare parts. Okay. Uh, I wonder why uh, buy a new bike and it's uh, cost about uh, 20, 25% more. What's happening? And okay. I told him, I told you last year, the supply chain causes that. If you're paying four or five times more for a container, obviously the costs go on the product. So, what's happening? Inflation? Question mark. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
So a range of uh, a range of disruptions there and across supply chain. What it, what what role do you see? Uh, what's happening with the commerce? I mean, we we've seen an explosion of e-commerce commerce globally. Um, what's what's happening in the economies that you're working in in terms of moving forward? How are companies gearing up and reacting to this massive massive growth? What does it mean? For recruitment, what does it mean for consulting? What does it mean for the way supply chains are structuring moving forward? All right. First of all, when I'm coming back to the the, the subject I just uh, discussed, uh, is the uh, let's say when we talk about transit time, you need to you need to reorganize the last mile. What does it mean? Uh, I mean, the distribution network needs to be closer to the metropolitan areas. You know, you need to have even uh, warehouses or smaller warehouses downtown. That is a, a trend we see because you need to be uh, able as a service provider to deliver what your customer is uh, is promise, promising to, to the end customer. So that is something that is changing. And to the um, other uh, um, modes of transport like air freight or ocean freight. And what we see is that the people which are even in the um, mid-sized companies, they're a little bit more willing to invest. And uh, they are. some companies are in growth mode still during, uh, during the pandemic. Uh, so that is something um, they have the, the entrepreneurial spirit to do so. And what does it mean for us, especially in the, in the uh, let's say, in our role as a headhunter? They all want to have people with a growth mindset and uh, to have more digital experience and to see more uh, the, the, the B2C uh, things coming in the market. That is something I would say it's not so easy to, to deliver, right? No, in case it's not, especially right now, because uh, if, you, if you, let's say if you're a salesperson, what you're selling right now, okay? How you're selling right now? And this is uh, what uh, uh, reflects from from the candidates. They're not moving. They can't. Okay. And if you want to convince someone to get into a new role, the people are getting more resistant. So, yes. so, uh, what is, so, yeah. so I know that uh, I know that you guys run one of the one of Europe's most successful headhunting businesses, and you've got a lot on. So. Basically, where what sort of jobs are hot at the moment? What are the types of roles that are in vogue uh, that companies are looking for talent in? What sort of jobs is it Europe or, or Germany in particular? Uh, still commercial roles, very much. Commercial, 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 but that means uh, sales, whether it's key account or business development. Uh, we do have, uh, as I just mentioned, a, f- a few customers. They're looking for these uh, people who are more entrepreneurial, and you know, then some of them are rethinking or trying to to reshape their sales organizations. What does it mean? What does it mean reshaping? Reshaping is, I mean, you know, you you have a field sales organization, you have a business development organization, or for the bigger clients, you have the key accounts, the global key accounts, or even regional, whether it's EMEA or Asia-Pacific, whatsoever. And the field sales here are very much under pressure, I would say, in the bigger corporations for right now, because um, they are not, uh, I think they are not 
any any longer able to see these customer in person so they need to make their um, their visits virtual and they will not uh, succeed so the people the decision makers in the bigger corporations they're making themselves their mind I'm saying okay what do we need to do to 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 adapt to that situation do we still need one thing do we still need these big um, number of people working in field sales why can we not uh, arrange that in any other way do we have a nice customer service in place do we have the customer experience in our hands still i mean digital more or less i would say the most of them i would say no so there's a big potential kim and then of course the others are saying okay we need to find these entrepreneurial guys they are being able to to trans uh, to, uh, to transport the message over a monitor to our customers can you imagine how difficult it will be to gain a new customer over a virtual meeting <laughs> well there are not so many in the there are not so many in the market they 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 are able to do so fair enough hey, hey bernard so about 70% of the recruitment that we're doing at the moment through our offices hong kong shanghai uh, throughout Australia, Singapore, Thailand, India, Middle East, is to do with e-commerce. It's driven by e-commerce. If the roles aren't e-commerce, they're driven by uh, the change in consumer behaviour. We've all seen uh, in the global media the, the massive growth. It's going from sort of 5 10% of companies' activities being in e-commerce up to 35 to 40% during the last 12 months or so. Talk to us a little bit about the types of roles in operations as opposed to the commercial side that uh, Thomas just talked about. If we're talking the operations as a headhunter, not just for you guys, but uh, across the market and what you see on the wires and other companies, what sort of roles uh, can the audience be aware of that are hot in the space of uh, operations and e-commerce in particular? Okay. Yeah, we have to go into contract logistics. This is hot. Because uh, if you look uh, e-commerce, uh, the customer doesn't see what's happening around around their uh, uh, deliveries they get, what's happening. The big warehouse is still being built in Germany, uh, companies growing, getting bigger. And another interesting thing is uh, quality. Quality. How do I ensure the quality? Uh, if you uh, if you were talking about Kaizen and lean management, that was something that came out of the uh, T1 suppliers like uh, uh, the uh, car manufacturers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now it's been transferred even into smaller e-commerce companies. They're talking lean. They're talking Kaizen. That's what's happening. So good, educated, studied logisticians with an international uh, glasses on, you know, with a view of the uh, global markets. That's that's a talent which is needed, and there's not enough. There's not enough talent. So there's, so there's there. big big demand and less supply. Yep. What about, uh, Thomas, what about uh, technology? Uh, You know, we talk here a lot about digitization, of course. It's just a mega trend right across the board, not just in supply chain, right across the world. Um, Technology, what what sort of roles are you seeing uh, there being a demand for and driving in these spaces? 
Okay, uh, all, all right. What what Bernard just said, yes, of course, in contract logistics, even uh, there is a lot of uh, artificial intelligence involved. So you need to handle with these uh, instruments and tools. Uh, when it comes to the, the transport part of the business, there is a lot of um, IoT already involved when it comes to the track and trace. And this is all, this is again one coming from the Amazon effect because people would like to know where, where are my goods. Okay, fine. But of course, when we're talking about temperature controlled or even um, goods, which, which will be really, yeah, you know, to just to avoid pilferage. So IoT, you have so many, uh, uh, let's say on the truck, you can, you can measure so many points, more than a few of thousands where you can measure points in the IoT. So you need to be able, not only from a technical side, so you need to, you need to be able to transfer that to your customer side. What does it mean? So when it comes to the distribution side, of course, I mean, um, inventory with the drone is not really new. So it's happening. It's happening. Or even the robots in the contract logistics, in the warehouses, in the hubs, that's something, or even we just saw um, exoskeletons, which are very helpful to help the people on the on the shop floor. So, and we have, of course, when we what we what we do ourselves is uh, the data mining, because a lot of the people they're sitting on their data, and I'm not I would not blame anybody, but they did not know how to manage uh, the, the, the 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 it's too much data, and they did not make any um, decision out of it or not the right decision. So you need to access the data, you need to analyze the data and then make something out of it which will help you. So this is uh, called the data mining or even the, 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 uh, the process of that, that data is for, for, for many, many companies still still a big uh, challenge. So that's, that's, few, that's a few of the trends what we see in the market. And then we, we do not talk about the digital forwarders right now, because this is a different species where they have full blown the market with their customer experience, which is on the surface on a laptop, you know, where you can click and buy even a transport from Shanghai to Rotterdam. So that is something the bigger ones, they are not still uh, uh, able to do so. But I mean, they still have all other problems right now. We're talking about uh, uh, when we talk about uh, the space, the space sure. situation. Yeah. So you're talking, you mentioned this term digital forwarders. Explain to the audience what digital forwarding is. So digital forwarding means that we have still three streams. We have uh, the goods from A to Z that will remain the same. There is one <laughs> one uh, a shipping party and one consignee party, but of course you have uh, two different others. You have uh, you have the the dadas, which means uh, okay, I have the procurement, which is based on uh, some uh, algorithms, and I do have the customer experience. So there were the physical flow that's still the same, but you have the payment even much easier, much better, and the booking procedure, that's all digital. That means nobody needs to pick up the phone. And I think, um, Kim, what do you think, how many transactions? Imagine you've been a sender, you would like to send one 20-foot box from Dubai to Antwerp. What yeah. do you think, how many transactions you need to do for one 20-foot containers? You just, oh. 
and the, the container sitting at the ramp at your at your warehouse, and you would like to ship it to Rotterdam. What do you think? How many transactions you need to do? Oh God, I don't know, uh, 15, 20? No, it's more than that. It's more than 220. Oh, get out! You, you mean that's, that's the old-fashioned way? You're trying to to ring your 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 guy in the agency. You say, okay, can you please pick up? Then you will get an email uh, reconfirmation, and so on and so on. Oh my God! And they they are able to reduce that to a, in a lot easier way just to 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 uh, let's say to illustrate how easy it could be of course unreal so they they are really uh, able to make that workload especially for 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 the shipper side much easier it's more transparent kim yeah you can you can have it uh, the, the track and trace is just in it so and um, yeah And the booking procedure is is not only easier. Oh, so the, the communication is easier. I mean, I do not want to say that these are the world champions, but yeah. they're making their life easier for the customers. Sure. So, so you mentioned well, just as a matter of interest. So, I interviewed uh, one of the owners or founders of a company called Ferro, F-E-R-O, uh, in uh, the Middle East the other day, and uh, who have just received a, a round of funding. I understand, and uh, they are they are taking paperwork completely out of uh, freight transactions and doing it all by voice. Wow. So watch this space. <laughs> Those guys are hot. So a bit of a plug for Ferro. But uh, you mentioned just before, and, and I'll hit you up with this, Bernard, um, you mentioned uh, data. I mean, you know, you talk about world champions. You're used to it in football in Germany. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. are, we, are we seeing, you know, data and people will tell us data is king for everything, any form of business these days, right? If you know your data, if you know what's happening with the consumer and supply and the supply yep. chain upstream, downstream, then you're, then you're winning. Uh, are we seeing the need, uh, back to you, Bernard, as a headhunter, the need for more people, data analysts, uh, people who understand data, who can process data, who can draw conclusions from data? Is, is that a way forward for supply chain uh, businesses? Yes, yes. Coming to the point is, again, uh, you need these people to access the data and to understand the data and give the management uh, a good foundation to make the good decision for the future. You need these people. Data mining is a very big thing now, swapping over more and more into logistics. Okay. One guy in our team, uh, his name, he has a nickname. His name is Sir Data Lot. And <laughs> you know why? Because when he's, when he's talking to us, I have to admit, I did not get everything what he's talking to me. Because this, they're, they're still living, in, <laughs> they're living in, in their own world. I would not say nerdy, but it's kind of, you know. And, and these these guys, they are really, uh, um, and that is what what I mean. We do we just attracted a new uh, um, order from a company. They're very well known in the pharmaceutical industry, and they asking us to help them in order because we do have these overlapping jobs in the in the logistics industry anyway. When you talk about lean, when we're talking the kaizen, what you're just saying, and we they they're looking for master belt people, which are able to transfer what the uh, process is into numbers. And this is something uh, I would say this is not quite new, but this is the, that is the, uh, the task of the, of the hour, I would say. Okay. Very actual, yeah. At the, at the top of the program, we uh, off air, we talked a little bit about 
some of the work you guys are doing. And, and I know um, you're, you're currently working with a number of companies involved in vaccine distribution and, and uh, that that's going to be a big piece of work and uh, well done on that. I've got a snap fire question for both of you. I mean, around the world, we hear about the delays. Uh, I think I read last week about, you know, an unusual delay in distribution of the vaccines in Germany. What the hell was that all about? Is, it, is that a, something particular to Germany or is it, you know, you got some of the biggest logistics companies in the world there and yet there was a slower distribution than what was planned. What was that all about? Okay, that, that's really a, a, a difficult question, but I, <laughs> I need to be careful what I'm saying. Yeah. It's not the fault of the logistics experts, okay. I would say. We are still waiting. They are waiting and they're still doing something. I mean, we have in all federal state, we have the big guys are now distributing in, uh, uh, let's say, there is DAXA in Berlin, there's Kühnenagen in North Rhine-Westphalia, we have DHL in, Nieder, in Lower Saxony. So that's that's up and running, just for example. They're, they're doing what to do and they know how to do it. But it's not political bashing, what I'm just trying to say. But if uh, these political things are involved, Kim, that makes it even more difficult. Okay. Have they all? Yeah. Yeah. There are too many parties involved and too many meant decision makers. Okay. Okay. So it's not our fault. No. Sure. Well, I know political correctness is a big thing in Europe. Yes, and yes. I mean, you guys, I mean, how many countries are there in Europe? It's like 27 countries or something. I mean, yeah, something like that, yes. It's incredible. I mean, the fact that you're, there is a European Union at all uh, as a bit of a history buff, I must say I'm just staggered and amazed at how, how well actually Europe has done, done in the last 50 years because when you look at what was on going on before then and then you see all these com- countries are together and then yeah. you all of a sudden you see Brexit, which, you know, I personally think was a mistake uh, for, the, for the UK to leave. But, uh, yeah. you know, what do I know? Yeah. I'm from New yeah. Zealand, a long way from anywhere. Um, okay, we're going to wrap up a little bit uh, in a minute. Uh, but before we do that, uh, I want to ask you uh, each uh, for one or maybe two very quickly 30 seconds max of what you think the big issues are going to be in supply chain in Europe or further afield. But let's start with Europe uh, over the next 12 months. Bernard, I want to start with you. From what you're seeing, what you're experiencing, what we know, what we don't know, the certainties or uncertainties about life in general we're all living at the moment, what do you think one or two big issues are going to be for supply chain moving forward? Good, bad, or ugly? Yeah, you're talking about Europe, and I think uh, it's not a long story. Um, the European companies should rethink their production, manufacturing. Uh, sorry to say that, but we have to think more European. We have to do our own production here in Europe and cut the really extended um, supply chains to Asia, especially to China. Sorry to say that, but we have to think. It's not uh, like uh, we make uh, America great again. No, it's uh, we are Europe. We have enough labors uh, which are uh, not in work. Uh, we have uh, still a high un- unemployment, what people don't know, in, if you go to Romania or Bulgaria. Uh, so I think the European companies should 
rethink about their supply chains and do more manufacturing back in Europe. Okay, so you have plenty of resources and you're talking near-shoring as opposed yep. to offshoring necessarily. Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, yep. Thomas, what are the big what are the big things having the big imp- impact on uh, supply chains, or what can supply chain do as as uh, forward thinking issues over the next twelve months? <laughs> I think the uh, supply chain strategy have to be uh, need to be more agile. Uh, yes, I, I I agree that the nearshoring will be let's say one of the. Uh, methods will, which will work, but not in every case because we have too too much. Uh, it's cost-wise uh, always a challenge. So I guess we will have more micro warehouses in the in the metropolitan areas, and that is what I see already on the real estate uh, side of our logistics business. That is something that will um, that is very interesting um, development in the market. So there will be a, um, a demand for these kind of uh, warehouses uh, and regional or decentralized hubs in Europe. Okay. From a macro perspective, either of you, uh, from a global perspective, what do you see happening in terms of um, movement, the carrier pricing, uh, you know, demand, supply demand, what do you see happening over the next uh, 12 months? Do you think, think things are going to get uh, better or easier uh, for the, the freight companies in the middle between the carriers and the consumer? Or do you think it's going to be another tough year? Uh, I think it's going to be another tough year. Um, yep. You see, uh, right, right now, the concentration also in freight forwarding are um, companies being sold. Um, so there are big companies eating up again. Um, and uh, I think um, uh, for, for uh, mid-sized companies, really, they have to uh, a milestone. I think they have to make a milestone to go back into uh, digitization and transfer that knowledge to their customers. I think that's the big challenge for mid-sized companies, not for the biggies, you know, the biggies have the money, and they they invest in uh, new technologies and everything. And uh, just to complement, uh, there is uh, um, the sustainability is one thing, Kim, especially for the for the uh, managers of uh, big and of own fleets, because there's still uh, one thing going on that we we uh, in Germany or in Europe uh, LNG is uh, on its way. Uh, besides the electromobility. So LNG will be, uh, I think, the big thing in the next uh, two to three years, for, for okay. especially for Germany. Interesting. Great. Thanks, guys. So the final question, one, one each. Bernard, first to you. Uh, you've been hiring people for about a thousand years, uh, so you know. <laughs> so you've seen people come and go into businesses. You're now one of Europe's top headhunters. Uh, what is it if, for, for people joining Bricklog, your company, of which your partners? What is the one thing that you really look forward to hearing or seeing in a candidate that's important to you? And you're sitting down interviewing, and I know you've just hired some more people because your business is going very well. Uh, what, what would be the one thing that's the most important to you about the talent coming in? 
Curiosity. Curiosity. Yes. They have to be curiously minded. Yes. Okay. Very. very. All right. And it's also Thomas. I don't want to be arrogant, but we only want to work with people to have fun. You know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. All right. Well, look, gentlemen, I know it's, uh, it's a bit getting uh, on towards lunchtime where you are right now. So, uh, and uh, beautiful, beautiful uh, building in the background. So thanks for putting that there for us. Um, bit of German antiquity. Uh, really enjoyed talking to you again. Uh, excellent to, to hear what's going on in your world and uh, wish you, we wish you all the well. Uh, especially with the work that you're going to be doing on uh, vaccine distribution. All the best uh, of luck with that and uh, good luck with your business. We look forward to checking in with you again in a few months to see how things are faring in, in Germany. We wish, uh, we wish you well in terms of uh, the lockdown and the control of the virus, of course, and, uh, and moving forward to uh, freer days for all of us. Um, thanks again so much for your time to our audience. Thank you for spending time with us. Uh, with Bernard and Thomas in Germany and uh, stay safe everybody and uh, have a great day. Thank you. Yes, you too. Same to you, Kim. Thanks Thank you. for having us.